welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney, the creator of the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where we bring in cool people that I meet from around the world to talk about different things you can market yourself more effectively, more efficiently, without necessarily having a big budget, and do it more proactively. Because today's world, it's not a matter of putting an ad out there and hoping that people walk in the door. It's about you getting your message out there to as many people as possible. And I'm a firm believer that if you provide a great product or service, it is your responsibility to meet as many people as possible to share that with them. Because the more people you can help, the better the world's going to be. And with that, it makes me really happy. I've got my guest today has got some really cool stuff to share with you. Bill Kenny, he has built a career on masterful networking from effectively navigating the executive hallways in corporate America to founding the Small Business Network, which connects thousands of CEOs of Test My Pitch. And he's going to tell you some cool stuff about that. This has recently launched an online platform that's going to help business professionals draft and get feedback about their self-introduction through crowdsourced and expert reviews. So basically, we're talking about your self-introduction as in your 30-second commercial, your elevator pitch. They're all the same basic thing. And I checked out Bill's site. He's got some really cool stuff. So, Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Eli. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So let's kind of get started. Tell us a little bit about your history and your background. Because I always like to get people to kind of get a sense of uh, where you came from at the beginning. Sure. Um, well, I spent part of my career, the first part, in the corporate world. And uh, the company I worked for moved me all around the country and, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was really interesting. I got to meet a lot of neat people, and uh, then uh, decided to start my own business. And the first business I started was a, a networking organization. And uh, you talked about it for a moment, the Small Business Network. And it was really interesting because I went from sort of participating in networks when I was in the corporate world and, and went to a variety of chamber meetings and those type of things. And then when I started facilitating uh, a network, uh, it was really quite a bit different for me anyway. Uh, becoming the facilitator caused me to get to a, a different level of understanding. I got to observe a lot of really good networkers. You know, as opposed to focusing on doing it myself, I could watch other people and, and really learn best practices. And, you know, sort of it evolved uh, to a point where, you know, we started uh, you know, building websites to assist uh, people in networks such as Test My Pitch. I wrote a book on networking and so on. So you know, it's really kind of evolved uh, from that experience of, of, you know, sort of first doing and then, and then teaching. And, uh, and it's really been a lot of fun. Very cool. And I love the concept. You know, I've actually had networking events. I've been—I am an avid networker. I love to do it. It's, that's how I grew my first business, which was a web graphic design company. Um, I started with sitting down with one of the local chamber reps, and he taught me the most important thing about being part of the chamber or any kind of networking or leads groups or any of that kind of stuff is you're going to get out of it what you put into it, and it's about relationships first. And that is how I took my business, which was getting about two clients a month, if we're lucky, 
to closing between three and five contracts per week every single week. And that was purely through networking, building those relationships. So I love I love the fact that you started it. That's how you got got going with this business. And let's as we're going through here, let's talk about your your self introduction. Why is this so important? Because a lot of times people still don't get it and they tend to wing it too much. Sure. I mean, really, the self introductions are you know the, the first besides the, the visual, the nonverbal of how we're dressed and how we appear. What we say really shapes you know, how people are going to engage us, and, uh, and the better we're able to communicate uh, really uh, allows the people who are, you know, really the best connections for us to, you know, sort of jump out of the crowd, if you will, and identify themselves. And, you know, I think a lot of people get really challenged in terms of how to do that, whether they get too technical or they, you know, uh, you know sort of uh, get confused and complicated in how they describe themselves. So I think there are a lot of things that happen, but ultimately what we want to have happen at the end of our self-introduction is somebody to say, tell me more. And that's, that's really the key. Right. And then I love that because it is such a simple thing. You want people to say, okay, so tell me more. They want to get to know you better. And I know that a lot of times people think that they can, they can say everything in that 30 seconds when <laughs> you really can't. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm, I'm a speaker. I have a hard time speaking for less than a half an hour, and that's pushing. When I when I have 30 seconds, it's about to drive me nuts. So you have to be very, very precise. And that's, you know, I always look at the, the comparison to the social networking world of things. Of, you know, one reason why I like Twitter is because it's short, sweet, to the point. You can't ramble. And the same thing with your 30-second commercial, your, your self-introduction. It's the same process. It's short, sweet, to the point you cannot be rambling. It's, it's really amazing, actually, how, um, how much harder it is to write a 30-second introduction than a three-minute introduction. Uh, and, and you know, I think the real test is can you bring it down to a five- or ten-second introduction? If you can get that concise, you're going to be able to be much more flexible sort of you know, going forward in terms of how you introduce yourself. I think it's to your point. It's that art of speaking briefly that's really key. Right. I love that. I love that phrase right there. All right. Cool. So, you yeah. know, where once you get your self-introduction down, where are some of the places that people should be thinking about using this introduction? So, I mean, we talk about networking, but I know there's other stuff out there as well. Sure. I mean, you know, other places you'd use your introduction. Certainly, if you're in a career search, uh, you know, you you know, networking, we think of those formal events, but it happens at cocktail parties and cookouts and in the elevator and, you know, at the airport or the bus station. And so, yeah, it's not really about, you know, I think people, they add too much sort of stress to the idea of self-introduction. It's not really about, you know, everything, to your point, everything that you do. Uh, it's really, can I give this person a, just a snapshot to get a reaction to see if I should say more. And, and ultimately, it's even better if it's a give and take. In other words, you know, you say, well, I'm a dry cleaner. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, a caterer. And all right, well, great. Now that I know you're a dry cleaner, you're a caterer, you know, dry cleaner, tell me a little bit more about that. And, and then caterer, tell me a little bit more about that. So self-introduction doesn't necessarily have to be 30 contiguous seconds. It can be you know, sort of, uh, you know, evolves over time, and it might be 
a two or three minute introduction, but it's you know broken up into into pieces where it's much more of an exchange. Uh, but it you know again if you you know it's much more important to know how to articulate the parts and you know the, the, the sort of the if you have to do it contiguously, which often you do when you stand in front of a group, um, then it's pretty easy to assemble that together. But if you can get away from some of the jargon and the tech speak and and simplify it so that your mother understands what you do, uh, then you're probably on the road to being able to introduce yourself fairly well. Right. And I love that. And the, you just brought up one thing that's really important that I think that we need to talk about for just a second is the tech speak. I like to call it geek speak. And, and I don't care what industry you're in, you have geek speak. We, we tend to use a lot of the terms and, and the phrases that fit our industry without realizing that, you know, common everyday people don't understand it. And let's talk uh, about that for a second, because that's a that's a pretty powerful one that, uh, that I am driving home to people all the time, but it's always good to hear somebody else talk about it as well. Oh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's in every industry. We think of technology, but look at healthcare. I mean, that's acronym soup. Uh, you look at any anybody that's in government, any type of government-related contract, they're, you know, completely, you know, it's all acronyms. Um, you know, there are so many industries where they have, you know, technical terms. You know, you look at any type of, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, architecture or engineering. They always have a variety of acronyms. So, you know, the more you can, you know, think about your audience and be considerate to the fact that it, maybe they've even heard the term before, but they may not know what it means. So, you know, really be careful. And it, I don't necessarily mean to dumb it down. But to speak simply is different than dumbing it down. If you have a choice between a complicated or complex word and a simple word, always choose the simple word. Right, and I and I love that. And I, you know, I'm a little bit more blunt. I say dumb it down, <laughs> but it, it really is, you know. But it is. It's not about talking to dumb people. And people you're talking to are not dumb because they don't understand something. It's because that's not their industry. It's not their their expertise. And you brought up a really great school or great great example with the healthcare industry. Uh, my partner Cindy actually is is on a board for or not on a board, but she's been going to um, one of the local chamber groups, and they have a, a specialized group for people in the the health and wellness industry. And because our you know because everybody in that world needs help with our stuff, they actually asked us to come and be part of that. So she's been going to this. And one of the people got up and did a presentation about their business, and they had this whole conversation, and Cindy gets to the end, and Cindy's like, okay, let's ask, I'm going to ask you a question. What is hypertension? Because you said it four times in this thing, and I don't actually know what that means. And they said, oh, well, that's high blood pressure. She said, well, why didn't you just say high blood pressure? Right. And it, it led to this great big conversation about the fact that, that, you know, she came home and she said, okay, she asked me, what is, what does hypertension mean? And I said, well, you know, I don't know, but I would say that it means that you, you know, sprained an ankle or something, you know, hypertension something. And she goes, no, you're completely wrong. And I was too. And she, you know, she told me what it was. And I'm like, okay, where did they come up with that silly, stupid name? Because it makes no sense. Right. That's right. Exactly yeah. Now, always that's, choose the more common word. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about here is that you got to remember that people don't always know what you're talking about. And, 
you know, I like to use the term geek speak because all the geeks and the techno guys in the world are the ones that started this. You ever have a computer guy start working on your computer and talk to you about what's wrong with it and your eyes glaze over like a deer in the headlights? That's what we're talking about. Well, it doesn't happen just in computer geeks. It happens in every industry. I don't care what business you're in. You have your own form of geek speak. And if you want to make a powerful, you know, powerful introduction with somebody, or even if it is that three minute, five minute, or you're talking in front of a group for 45 minutes, you've got to speak in a, in a simple way that they understand what you're saying. As soon as somebody starts feeling stupid, that's when you lost them. Yeah, and again, you know, if you're, I think the thing to think about, there are really, there are really three types of introductions. There's, there's sort of that talking one-on-one to someone, and then there's, when you think about it, there are two types of group introductions. There's a group that you're going to do once, and you probably won't introduce in front of them again, or at least not very frequently. And, and then there's a whole other type of introduction, and that's to uh, where you might uh, be in front of this group with you know, a fair amount of regularity, right? So you're there every week or every month, and you're going to have to introduce yourself to the same group of people on a, on a high frequency. And, and so you, you really have to think about, the, you know, ultimately it's about the audience, and it's, you know, it's, it's not what you say, it's, it's what they hear. So the more you can communicate in a way that, number one, that they get, that, that you're, the word you intend gets through them, uh, or that you intend gets through, but uh, also that if you're going to speak progressively, if, if you're going to, you know, introduce yourself multiple times over the course of, of months or years, they, the story builds so that, to your point, you're not feeling like you need to get everything out at one time, but that, you know, maybe the next time you give a case study or you tell about a recent success story or you tell about some seasonal opportunity that's going on in your business or whatever, but you can build on what you just, you know, what you may have talked about in the preceding few weeks, and uh, really can add a lot of depth uh, and dimension to what people understand that you do. Right, and I love that, and that's one of the great things is if you can take that, you know, that 30-second commercial or whatever you want to call it, and put that, you know, instead of spending 30 seconds to talk about what a product and your services and a special of the week, you could actually spend that time to say, hey, this is, you know, I'm Eli. Your marketing university. This is this is an example of how I help the client. You know, and then that way, people will start seeing those pictures on a regular basis and start seeing the results that you're getting, and it kind of puts together that big picture story. That's exactly. The more they can envision what you do, and, and maybe if they even can identify, begin identifying some people in their world that you may have worked with or could work with or any of that kind of stuff, but the more it can become a picture in their head, the, the better off you are. Right. Very cool. So what are, what are some of the largest challenges that, that networkers have with their self-introduction? Sure. Well, you know, I think there are variety. So, uh, you know, number one is uh, not understanding their audience, really not, um, you know, identifying who they're going to be speaking in front of and then tailoring their message to those people. And I think, you know, in a real simple way, um, I hear this all the time, people just not speaking loud enough. Uh, and I see with, um, with young people today, often uh, they say particularly their name too fast. So it's, it's sort of understanding, you know, is the audience hearing me? 
you know, thinking about that person in the back of the room who is sitting underneath the air conditioning duct uh, and the fact that you need to speak loud enough that they can hear you and you need to enunciate your words well enough that, that your message is getting through. So I think, you know, there are a lot of directions we can go in terms of, you know, how, how to improve a self-introduction. But I think, you know, if you, if you, if you can tailor it to your audience, if you can speak loud enough and speak clear enough, you know, you're at least going to be able to get reaction to help you continue to tailor it. If you don't speak loud enough and they can't understand you, then you'll then you won't get any reaction. People just won't hear you. So you have to start with that and then and then ultimately, you know, tweaking your message that you know, sort of more and more uh, and being flexible enough to adjust it to the new audience is really key. Right, and I love that because some people are very, very scripted in what they say, and they practice. You know, they practice their their introduction. The the problem is they practice it so much that you could, they couldn't change it if they wanted to. And that's right. I think that's where you kind of look at the other side is you got to be flexible and make it more fluid. And you know, if you find that you're in in front of one group, you know, as an example, as a as a speaker. I get in front of people, and if I find that that particular group is different, maybe maybe it is you know a group of just women when I didn't realize that's who was going to be there before, or it ends up being a younger crowd or an older crowd. I will cater my message. My core, the core message is the same, but the delivery is going to be a little bit different. And this works the same way with just a thirty-second commercial. It's the same basic process. I suggest that you want to think about going from conscious confidence to unconscious confidence. So the idea that, you know, first it has to be a script and first you have to be very, you know, you really have to think about what you're going to say and construct it so that you can, you can say it one way how you intend. And once you get comfortable with that, you really then have the flexibility to adjust uh, more easily because you've got a strong foundation to adjust from. And uh, but it, if you think about sort of going to that idea of, of sort of thinking about it being consciously confident, and then it, then as you get more comfortable, it becomes a wrap. It becomes much easier to say, and you you'll learn how to say it in five seconds. You'll learn how to say it in a minute. You'll learn how to sort of adjust it so that your accountant understands it, and then go to your creative person and they understand it. Right. Very cool. I love that. And it is it is just a it's a it's a matter of practice and getting comfortable and don't be don't be too rigid with it. Be be willing to be fluid and flexible with it. Now the ne- the next question I got for you is kinda is gonna be a fun one. I know you probably got some full answers with this. Um and we're gonna we're gonna have some bantering because I wanna know what are some of the words that networkers shouldn't should not use in when they're introducing themselves. Sure. Well the number one word and this is it's so funny because people when when I say it, they go, oh, yeah, I get it. Um, but how often do you hear someone introduce themselves and they use the word you? And, and how I mean that is they'll say, you know, here's what we can do for you. Now, if I said that, if I said, well, you know, I'm a networking trainer. I, you know, I go out and I teach people and companies how to build cultures of referral, and, and this is how we can help you. How does that make you feel? What, is, what happens when I do that? It makes, it makes me feel like I'm inadequate. Well, I think often people will say it makes them feel like suddenly they're a target. Yes. Like, you know, in other words, now you're a prospect, and, and networking isn't selling. They're two just totally different verbs. And so if, if we're networking, I'm not targeting you. It, that's, you know, it, it, there's a, we're in conflict there. 
Um, and so networking is about engaging and empowering you to begin seeing things that would be helpful for me just as by me understanding what you do, you engage and empower me to see things that I can refer and people that I can connect you to. And so it's really, you know, when we say you and when we're networking, it's really dangerous because, you know, I, I guarantee you if we're saying it at all, and you can't almost help saying it, but in a, in a sales way when you're introducing yourself, is we're turning off a good part of the audience. They're, they're shutting down. They're not, after you say, here's how we can help you, uh, you know, a good part of that audience isn't listening anymore. And uh, it's really it's really scary. It's dangerous to see that happen. That's awesome. And I never actually thought about it that way. I mean, I've, I've, like I told you, I'm a, a very avid networker, but I never consciously realized what that would actually do before. And I love the way you just put that, though. Um, so that the, I will be even more conscious of that with my own introductions to make sure that I'm not that as well. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because you know, often we don't, you know, we don't think about those types of things, and, and you know, I think most of the people that would use you um, don't, you know, aren't thinking that they're targeting the audience. That's not intentional. It's just we're, you know, we walk into these networking events and we've just come from a day of selling, and you know, we've got both six shooters fully loaded, uh, and we haven't put, we didn't put them down somewhere, and. Uh, and so it's very natural for us to sort of stay in that persona as opposed to shifting gears and, uh, and you know, switching to our, our networking language, which would, which would be a lot more productive. Right. Very cool. Are there any other words that are, that are really important that we need, need to stay away from? Uh, uh, none that come to mind at the moment. That's really the, the primary one. If you can avoid that, you're in, you're in good shape. All right. Cool. All right. So what is, what is the most important form or substance when doing a self-introduction? You know, when you're just you're trying to put it together to begin with, what are the most important elements that need to be in that? Sure. Well, you know, you think of form and substance, right? You know, sort of form is how it looks, how it feels, how it sounds, how we're how we appear to the audience, and then substance is is what we say. So, you know, ultimately. You know, when you think of networking, the, the real key to the process, and, you know, obviously it's, it's a little hard to convey this when we're, you know, speaking quickly and, and we're just trying to sort of get information out here in a, in a neat little podcast. But, you know, ultimately we want to, we want to create a situation where we built, a re, built and embody a real sense of integrity. And, you know, networking is a life skill. So, you really need to uh, communicate and conduct yourself in a way that uh, it has a very high degree of integrity, not pretended, not a facade. And so it's, you know, it's really important that there's, you know, you're not superficial in the process. And so when you're introducing yourself, thinking about that and not rushing through your introduction, uh, but, but speaking thoughtfully and clearly, looking at people, you know, really engaging people as much as you can. And so there is a combination of form and substance that are important. And, you know, so it's, you know, what am I saying in terms of the actual words? And then how am I saying it? How am I being perceived? So that both that form and, and substance come across in a thoughtful and meaningful way. 
Very cool. Now let's um, let's go into a little bit of detail with that. I'd like to to know a little bit more of like it's not just what you say, but how you're how you're saying it as well. Um, let's let's kind of kind of role play with that for just a second. I'd like to see an example of what you know what people would you know need to be careful of. We we talked about the being too quiet. So what are some yep. of the other things with that that when I'm saying my introduction. What are some of the other things I need to be aware of in how I say it, some of the inflections and things like that? Sure. Well, I think, you know, again, speaking clearly enough that people can hear you, so that's speaking slowly enough. But, you know, I think let's just start with the, the visual. So, yeah, the visual, how are you dressed? Are you, are you, you know, I think I get asked all the time, you know, how do I dress when I go to an event? And, you know, I, my normal response is dress how you want to be perceived. So, um, but, uh, yeah, the, the simple answer to that is dress how you would when you go to work. That's, you know, how you want people to perceive you at these events is that you're, you know, how, whatever is professional to you. And, um, and then, you know, look at, uh, you know, next is really looking at uh, how you're uh, engaging the room. So are you, uh, you know, using the microphone, are you speaking without the microphone? If, if there is a microphone, I would highly recommend using it. You'll reach more people. You'll, you know, the, the host will be a little more at ease, and, um, and you'll really be able to engage people. If you can be better practice before you go in so that you're, you know, you can really just speak to people, uh, that's better. Uh, if you do need a few notes, that's totally cool, a three-by-five card or something. But, you know, if you need something, just have the bullets, you know, as much as you can, you know, you know, don't read a script. That's really important. Um, and if you can just use a three by five card with a few bullets on it, that's, that's great. But you know, if you don't get all the words just right, it's okay. It, you're, no one knows what you intended to say. Uh, so, you know, breathe, uh, every, after every sentence, make sure you breathe and sort of speak in a way that, uh, is calm and, and patient. Um, you know, I think one of the fun things is that that uh, happens when you're introducing yourself, and there we all have different personalities. Some people can be very, very funny when they introduce themselves, and and that's great. It really works well. I'd say, you know, of all the people I see introduce themselves, that's a small percentage. So if that's not you, that's okay. Um, but ultimately, you want to create a situation where you're memorable. So if there's some visual that you can have that, that allows people to see, you know, something about what you do, or maybe it's a logoed shirt, or what, it, there can be so many things. If there's a drawing of what you do or a, an example of it, you know, that you can hold up while you're introducing yourself. Yeah, it's just so much more, it's so much better and more powerful, you know, but ultimately I think if you can, um, you know, just communicate clearly and simply, uh, you're going to be in great shape. Right. And I love that. And you, you mentioned a couple of really important things there as well, you know, with the, like the way you dress. Let's talk about that one for just a second here. You know, when I first started networking, I was the, the shirt and tie slacks type of guy. And I did that for many, many years. And that, did, and that worked. It, was, it wasn't really anything necessarily wrong with it, except the fact that I realized that a lot of times people didn't see me for who I really was. And I realized down the road that, I am not that shirt and tie type of guy. I am much more relaxed. I'm a, I, I'm more of a, a business hippie. If you, if you want to come up with a, a term that works for it, that's the best way I've been able to describe it. 
And yeah. once I did that, I started relaxing and started dressing differently. I dress more the way I would dress in a comfortable situation, but I also keep very clear points to make sure I'm not walking in the door looking like a slob. You know, everything, even though I come in in jeans and a t-shirt, I come in very calculated. I know what shirt I wore that day for a very specific reason. I know that the jeans that I have, I'm paying attention to, they're not going to have, you know, a hole in the side or anything like that. Because if they do, that is where that integrity starts breaking through. And I think that a lot of times people try to, to be more casual because that's kind of the in thing. And if that's you, that's fine. But you do need to make sure that you're careful about that. If you're, you know, if you're a travel agent, walking in the door with shorts, flip-flop, and a Hawaiian shirt is not a bad thing. If you're an investment banker, maybe that's not going to quite work. Yeah, I think your point's well taken. It's, you're, you really should model, again, how you want to be perceived and that idea that, you know, what's traditional for your, uh, you know, for your profession, or you can break the mold, but understand that comes with some risks. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So, and yeah. again, it be be yourself, be authentic, but at the same mm-hmm. time, be conscious of what you're doing. And I think that's where a lot of times people just they 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 miss the boat on it. They decide, well, I'm going to be I'm going to be that more casual person. And I've seen people do it. They did it essentially the same type of process that I did. But then they come in the door looking like a slob. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. If you put you and I side by side, this bar none, you you look like I should give you a dollar because you look like you're homeless. There's a problem here. You know, that right. is not and, the point. Yeah. Right. And with someone, I mean, ultimately, again, you're you're not looking for customers in the room. You're looking for relationships that lead you to customers. So. You know, think of it like your brochure. If you hand them a ratty brochure, you know, what's that? What kind of reflection on your business is, is that? And, and what kind of trust is someone, someone going to have if, if the way you appear doesn't reflect what you say? Right. No, and I love that. And that's, a, that's another really key point is the consistency. Everything you do needs mm-hmm. to be consistent. And I'm a, I'm a marketing geek. That's what I do. I put out all the parts and pieces. And there's very little that I do that's not calculated. And, well, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, you're just so good at this. Now, it's not just because I'm good at it. It's because every little step I take is calculated. I, it's thought out ahead of time. And I think right. that those things actually help you to, to, you can be more authentic and you can do, you know, can get your message out there in so many different ways, but you can actually still make sure you're being congruent, you're being consistent and your people will see you for who you really are all at the same time. That's very important for sure. Yeah. No, and again, networking, you know, where you're, you're really reliant on people's belief about you to, you know, sort of the exchange, the future exchange that's going to happen. And so whether it's consistency, congruency, predictability, and the idea that people feel very low risk by connecting you to people who are important to them. It's really, really important. Yeah, very cool. I love it. So are there any other do's and don'ts about your self-introduction that people should be aware of? Yeah, there's one. And I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've seen this be a real challenge for uh, folks, not very often, but boy, when it happens, it's terrible. And that is to disparage their competition. 
Uh, and I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen this happen, but uh, I, I was at a networking meeting fairly recently and uh, and saw someone do it, and it it they totally lost credibility by talk by even mentioning their competition number one, but then talking negatively about them. It just it you know it, just everybody in the room you could see them you know disengage and and really lower the value on this person and and it in fact was a topic later on uh among some folks to uh to actually coach this person yeah i can i've seen that several times matter of fact just uh probably about a month or so ago i was at an event where i had that that type of situation come up and i've actually got one one story i think would be really appropriate for this particular situation i want to share i had um a group that i was part of where there were two bankers that were in the group because it was a two per category type of situation. Mm-hmm. And the one he meant, he meant it in fun, but he started doing, um, doing the competitive stuff. Well, my bank does this better and my bank does that better compared to this other girl that was there that compared uh-huh. to her bank. And he did right. it in fun. He was trying to play and, and just, you know, make a joke out of it. And I, and it was turned around and it was, and she and I had become really good friends. And at one point she, she was getting really, really frustrated because he was pretty consistent about it. He's kind of like your typical, um, a type personality guy that doesn't know when to quit, you know? And, and she was like, okay, I don't know what to do about this because she's a lot more quiet and a lot more shy. And, and she's, she's really, she's a gorgeous girl. Very, very pretty. She's got Russian. She, she's actually Russian. She actually moved to the U S very beautiful, has a great accent and just one of the nicest people I've ever met. And she was actually my banker. And so I actually ended up standing up and and saying, Hey, well, you know, maybe, maybe your company can do this and your company can do that. But have you seen her? Because she's just a gorgeous girl and she's so much fun to talk to that I cannot believe that anybody would even, I mean, think about it. You look at you, you look at her, she's going to win every time, buddy. And I said this in front of an entire group of like 30 people. And it was so funny because her boss actually came up to me the next time I saw him. He goes, I can't believe what you did for her. Thank you so much. She was really starting to get upset about it. And it was, but it was, it was like really, you know, it, it, I understand the, the healthy competition and especially having fun with it. But when you, you've got to be careful to not try to, to knock down any of your competition. I'm a firm believer that competition shouldn't exist and you should not be bad mouthing other people. If you need to say something that's a, that's a factual thing to, to make a case, I'm okay with that. But you don't just go in and say, well, these guys suck and blah, 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 and you know, that kind of stuff. Because it doesn't work for you. And the funny thing was that whole story, she, he ended up actually not coming back very much after that. I think he came to like one more meeting before he dropped out. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty n- normal because the, the feedback people get when they do that is, is so, not, so bad that uh, you know, often they drop out. But still, if you can, if you can prevent that from happening, so much the better because networking is about having more people included. Uh, we all get a lot more benefit when there are more good networkers. So yeah, no, yeah. definitely very cool. So all right, so we are getting close to our time here. I got a couple more quick questions for you. Um, one, sure. what's the what's the best self introduction that you've ever heard? You know, it's it's there's really a, a, a guy who I think back uh, on, and this was several years ago. But um, I, I'm in Connecticut, and it was a guy in the Hartford, Connecticut area who stood up at a meeting and, 
you know, in his introduction, he said, I want to meet Dodge dealers in Hartford County. Now, that seems like a very limited thing, right? And, you know, probably whenever this was five or ten years ago, there were only, you know, four or five Dodge dealers in, in all of the county, in, in all of Hartford County. And uh, and so, you know, and, and most people, I would say, when they introduce themselves, and you just mentioned bankers, um, bankers in particular, and, and it also spills into many other professions, but, but often have scarcity mentality where they think if they don't mention all the things they do, that there's some opportunity that will be lost as opposed to focusing on what that particular individual is an expert at. Maybe they're a commercial lender or they're, you know, in the insurance side of the bank or whatever it might be. Um, and so this gentleman did the opposite. He went totally the other way. and He, you know, was as specific as I've ever heard anybody be in, in when, they, when he said who he was targeting. So he wanted not just car dealers, but, but Dodge dealers just in Hartford County. And so he narrowed that room in, and by the end of the meeting, he had not just leads to, to three of the four or five, but people who had committed to calling the owner and introducing him uh, to, you know, directly. And, in fact, he ended up selling all three Dodge dealers uh, in a very short order because he had something specific for them that was of high value. And so, you know, I think that's what I see people really fail at when they, when they introduce themselves is when they get to that call to action where they're actually, you know, tuning the audience into something that they – that somebody that they want to meet, that, you know, they're not specific enough. And, and I'll promise you, you cannot, it's not possible to be too specific. It's very possible to be not specific enough. In fact, that happens 99 or almost 100 times out of 100. Uh, but, but I think that, you know, the real cool thing is when you can be specific and ultimately when you, when you think about it, if I was, you know, I've seen so many bankers stand up and say everybody's a prospect, which isn't, which isn't true. I mean, there's no, no, no service that everybody's a prospect for. So it's really about, you know, when that banker says everybody's a prospect or that financial planner says that, what ends up happening is the audience can't refer you to everybody, so they refer you to nobody uh, because you're not a specialist. You know, if, if we had cancer, we wouldn't want any doctor. We'd want a cancer specialist. Uh, and, in fact, someone who specializes in our form of cancer and so the more you can be a specialist when you introduce yourself, and your specialty may grow and evolve over time, but always be a specialist. Always introduce and, and look for prospects in one certain area, and you'll be much more successful. Right. I love that. And that is so, so critical. I mean, I teach that all the time of finding what I like to call it your perfect client avatar. And mm-hmm. once you do that, your marketing becomes easier. And networking is, is a perfect example of that. And I love that story because he he was so specific and that doesn't mean that he wouldn't do business with you know a ford dealership if they came in came in the door and said hey can you help me out he probably could help him out but what he did was he narrowed it down to one very very targeted niche of exactly who he was looking for and he probably got better results than he he would have any other way because it was it, just it people was- so ooh, i know that person it was not only better, but it was faster. And, and again, it was people knew exactly where to look in their Rolodex to help them. They, there was no mystery. You know, this is who I need to find. Great. I, you know, and again, there were three people in the room that said, oh, I can get you the CEO of those companies. No problem. 
right? And I love that. That is that is a cool story because it's so it's so important and and it gets missed. And a lot of us, you know, I I can guarantee that half the people on this call that are listening have heard that before. But what they do with it is totally different. And I love that story because that really puts it in the limelight for you. Cool. All right. So what would you say is the, the best way to improve your self-introduction skill? You know, I, I think it's like most things. Uh, the more you practice and the more you get feedback, the better it will become. So having, you know, sort of having a, a methodology and a, sort of a, a way to continue to hone how you introduce yourself. And I think, you know, it's when you, you know, often we think we sort of have it right, which is great, but they do get stale over time. So even, you know, there's some evolution we have to go through. And so, you know, it's both, you know, when we change products, change services, change companies, we have to sort of reinvent our self-introduction. But also as we're, you know, if we've been doing something for quite a while, freshening it up, making sure it's relevant today, making sure it's on target, uh, and making sure that, you know, we're getting good feedback uh, is, is really, really important. So seeking out good feedback is, is key. Right. Awesome. I love it. Okay. And I got one last question for you, and I like to ask this every time as much as possible. There's one action step that you would give everybody listening here to go out and do immediately. What would that one thing be? Um, say your introduction in front of somebody you respect and, and get their, get their feedback. And, it, and, you know, what's important here is no matter how good your introduction is, and there's some listening who don't have one yet and are going to go create one, and there are others that have been doing their self-introduction for years, and no matter where we are in that continuum of, you know, sort of well-practiced and, and not practiced at all, we can improve. And so the key really isn't how good it is today. So, you know, you, know, so you have to have the belief that you're among friends and share your introduction and, and really get as much candid feedback as you can, you'd much rather have that feedback before you deliver that introduction in front of an important audience. So, you know, be very open to how people give you feedback and what they tell you. You don't have to change anything or you could change everything. It's really up to you. But, but again, the more you can get that, we, we, we love our own words. So, you know, forgive yourself and, and just assume that your words can improve and, and, and seek out feedback as quick as you can and, and get, uh, you know, continue to evolve what you say so that your audience responds to it. That's the, really the only thing that matters. If your audience responds well to what you say, then you're probably on the right track. Awesome. I love it. All right. So as we're starting to, to finish things up, Bill, how can people get a hold of you? Because I want you to tell them just a little bit about the site and, and you know, give out the link for that because it's cool. It's cool stuff. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, the, the site uh, we actually launched about six weeks ago, and uh, it's called testmypitch.com. And it is really very simple. It's, it aims to help people that network draft and get crowdsourced feedback on their pitches and, and their self-introductions. So the whole idea is that you know, we have templates and you select, I want to do a 30-second or a 60-second introduction, and then there'll be, it's basically a questionnaire, and you flow from that questionnaire into a, a text box where you can edit 
sort of your responses to those questions and sort of, and, and massage it into, you know, what would be a good 30 or 60 second introduction. And, and then you can ask for feedback at that point, or you can go on and create a video of your introduction and get feedback on that. And that's really what I suggest because it's not just the words, it's the delivery that's important. Um, and, you know, in, in developing this tool, really our whole goal is to just improve how people network. The site is totally free, so you can use all of what I just said for free. You can go out and actually give people feedback for free, and we really in, encourage you to do that. You can see some real good examples of, of feedback that exists out there today and some introductions that exist out there so you can get some ideas on how to develop yours. But, you know, again, we're all a work in progress, and it's only, it only gets better when we, you know, sort of put ourselves out there, take a risk, and get feedback. And, again, it's much more important to do it now than it is, you know, practicing in front of a room full of people isn't really ideal. You want to practice before you get there. You know, that's how you get to Carnegie Hall, right? Practice, practice, practice. Yep, there, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was some awesome stuff. I loved everything you shared. Um, pretty much agreed across the board, which is great because uh, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that talk about networking out there and there's a lot of them that I don't, don't agree with a lot of what they say. And I, I can say that you were not one of those people, which makes me very happy. And <laughs> Thank you. I had, I had a lot of fun with this. I think the site looks awesome. I think every one of you, I, and by the way, I'm going to put this out there for every one of you listening. I don't care if you're doing local networking stuff, you're going to chambers and leads groups and things like that, or if you're going to seminars and conferences across the country, any of that kind of stuff, this stuff works. It's the same stuff. I've used the same type of methodology. My networking skills have connected me with clients locally to build websites, to do business cards, brochures. Now that we've moved into um, your marketing university, our training skills, our coaching clients, things like that, through joint venture processes that I have done with people across the world. Just a few weeks ago, I did a webinar with a girl in Australia, and it was all done by the same basic process, the same basic stuff. Learn this. This is a skill that is so, so powerful, and it's something that will help you for the rest of your life. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Bill, thank you again for joining us. It's been my pleasure to have you as a guest. I really appreciate it. We'll definitely put all the, the link and everything on the show notes. Um, and it, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Guys, get out there. Have an amazing Rockstar Week. And we'll, as always, if there's anything that I can do to help you out, reach out, let me know, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.